My name is Shane Brody. I'm here in um, New Hampshire uh, and I'm talking with a guest today and um, I'm traveling around the country talking to trans people of various identities about their beliefs, political beliefs, religious beliefs, or if they're not religious, and also their identities. Um, today we're dealing with <clears throat> some uh, blustery weather uh, it's even threatening rain <laughs> um, it's pretty windy out so I'm probably gonna have to edit this a lot because we might get gusts of wind and that sort of thing um, anyway I'm very excited to be here Portsmouth is just such a lovely little town oh my goodness I was just driving through the downtown and I was imagining that I was like on horseback you know, and it was a couple of centuries ago and, you know, I was going to pull up to the tavern and have an ale or something, you know, <clears throat> it has that kind of charm to it. It's really, really cute. Or maybe I just got off a, a pirate ship and, you know, I had my loot on my back or something, you know, anyway. Um, yeah. Robert Louis Stevenson, you know, that kind of thing. Um, anyway, enough of that. This is such a cute town. Got to say it again. I'm going to hand it over to my guest and she can you know, introduce yourself in whatever way she wants. So go ahead. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a pleasure to be, uh, to be featured on your, on your podcast and I, I yeah. very much welcome the opportunity. Yeah. Um, my name is Charlie Brickham. Um, I am, um, I used to work in this area as an electrical engineer. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. at the, I've uh, been meeting so many trans women who are connected with engineering and manufacturing no, recently. I, that has been the same experience that I've had in yeah. my entire life as well. Um, but yeah, I used to I used to overhaul 688 class nuclear submarines here oh at the goodness. Portsmouth Naval Shipyard wow. for a number of years. And I uh, just loved the area. It's probably the best the best little area that I've ever resided in yeah. um, in my life. And I... I what, now, that I, now that I live elsewhere, I still am going to come back here in the summertime. What specifically do you like about it, though? Oh, man. Because um, you travel a lot and you have the opportunity to go elsewhere. But what, what brings you back here? Um, the list is very long. Uh, the weather is usually very temperate and, uh, and you get lovely ocean breezes. The beaches have free parking. Um, are they gravel beaches or sand beaches? There's sand. There, there's some gravel. There's there's mostly sand beaches, mm -hmm. um, but there's just a, a lovely uh, a collection of both private and public beaches mm. that you can kind of little gyms hidden in the sure. in the nooks and crannies that you can uh, find your way to. Yeah, there's a lot of little like little tiny coves. Like the coast is very crenulated. Yes, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I I love the beaches. Uh, parking my little uh, camper out there for mm. the afternoon and doing lunch or dinner or something mm. like that. Uh, is is definitely something I do on a regular basis, but also there's a lot of like um, stuff going on downtown. The downtown's not huge, but it still has a substantial yeah. amount of activities. Well, it's very um, old, so it, it it is so small that it's very walkable. Absolutely, yeah. that too. But there's like yeah. free concerts on the waterfront. There's okay. free movies downtown on the waterfront yeah. in Prescott Park. There is um, concerts at the music hall constantly. Mm. There are um, different theme nights. There's a couple nightclubs. Um, I yeah. have I have hundreds of friends in the area as well yeah. that I get to see. Yeah, even though it's small, it's it's on this major highway, you know, 95. going yep. up to um, the next bigger town, which is Port uh, Portland, Portland, Maine. Yep. 
So it makes sense that there would be a lot of cultural activities here because it was it would be easier to get it's, to. Yeah, it's equidistant between Boston and Portland. Yeah. And also Manchester in the, yeah. in the kind of northwest right. direction. To go to Manchester, though, you kind of have to do a dog leg and then come back. You know, off the major, major um, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, 101 is pretty direct. As okay. long as you can get down to Route 101, you can go straight out to Manchester yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah, it's about 45 minutes. It's not mm -hmm. bad. Yep. Yeah. When I I'm used to bigger places, so when I look at the map, I'm like, oh, that's so far away. And then I click, I put into Google, and I was like, and I'm like, oh, that's just commuting distance. It's like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really. Let's do this. Yeah. It's really really close. Everything's really close. Close. Yeah, I still go to Boston pretty frequently. In fact, yeah. I was there down there this weekend for uh, Fan Expo Boston, which is a huge Comic-Con event in the, okay. in the uh, uh, Back Bay Seaport area. Okay. And uh, are and that you was a lot somebody of fun. who does something there, or are you just a, a, a participant? I'm glad you asked that okay. question. Um, I don't know. I, I we just met a few minutes ago. I'm a professional cosplayer, so okay. I dress up in cosplay. It's something I've done for uh, five or six years now. Um, so much so that I have a, an online following for my cosplay, things okay. I create. Okay. And the event that I'm doing this weekend is uh, another event that pays me to show up in cosplay oh. and sign autographs from my oh, fan that's base. that's in New York? That's going to be in New York okay. this uh, this uh, this weekend. Yeah, it was... I, thank you so much for being so flexible today, of by course. the way. Yeah. Because uh, the first place we went, um, I just... I haven't quite gotten it into my head yet that I'm in New England. There's a lot of restrictions on dogs here, and I couldn't bring my dog into the park, which is kind of a problem. Because if I leave my dog in the car, then people will call the police and that sort of thing. So I can't have that. So so we had to move around a bit uh, this morning. Um, in fact, I'm going to I'm going to edit right here. Let's let's stop because I, I I'm going to move my dog because he's shaking the table a little bit. OK. <laughs> OK. OK. My uh, dog was kind of under the table and getting wrapped up in wires and that sort of thing. So that was a situation I had to rem remedy. So we were talking about a Comic-Con that you're involved in. Could you uh, give us some further details about that? Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah so I've been involved in uh, Comic-Cons for uh, a number of years now. And um, I like to cosplay different characters from TV and movie and comic books. And um, developed a, a bit of a following online. What kind of characters? I, see, I don't follow all this kind of thing, so I don't know. So please tell me. Um, People can cosplay for different reasons yeah. if they connect with a character yeah. and they want to portray I mean, that character. But what kind? What kind of characters? Mostly villains. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, would these be villains that people would know from yeah. comic books? I, I try to do recognizable things, but I've done a couple obscure characters okay. as well. Um, but uh, like for strange the... aliens or something, or um, video game characters. So okay. lesser known video games um, that I've enjoyed that maybe not everyone has heard about. Uh -huh. um, I, I have done a few okay. uh, of those, but also more well known characters like you know um, Poison Ivy from the Batman series and um, okay. um, Shredder from the Ninja Turtles uh, mm. and things like that. So stuff that that are pretty well known in pop culture. Yeah. Um, uh, that are pretty recognizable. Yeah, the ironic thing about that is I have no idea who any of that those people are, but those characters. But yeah, I know, I know. I I, I I'm sort of distant from all that. I and it's not something I'm actually proud of. Yeah, I mean, it might seem that way. I mean, some people are like that. Like, I don't watch TV, and I'm so proud of myself or whatever. I just I don't know. I just don't go there for some reason. I just do other things. Well, it's never too late. Yeah, <laughs> I think if I delved in, I would. I would do it too much, you know. I'm I'm one of those kind of people. 
So instead, I go to the library and just get like eight books and put them all over my bed and read. So. Yeah. Well, one thing you can do that won't cost you any money yeah. is uh, go to a comic book shop on an annual day called Free Comic Book Day. It's okay. usually the first Saturday in May. Okay. Um, a lot of comic book creating uh, companies will put out, you know, just a little brief synopsis of some of their, their best stories. Yeah. And you can go in and it's Free Comic Book Day. You collect a few. Okay. And then you take them home with you. Yeah. And uh, you can that's how you get started into uh, into what they're offering. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I noticed that even small towns will sometimes... Sorry, I have a lozenge in my mouth. So if it sounds funny, um, I had a cold a couple of weeks ago. Um, every, even small towns will have like a comic book store. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's something that's kind of enduring. Like other kinds of stores have kind of come and gone yeah. you know but for some reason comic book stores keep holding on which that's, is kind of cool. true i uh, why do you think that is um escapism mm. um well there's more than there's more that they offer too besides just comic books right graphic well. novels and um and, and sometimes figurines, figurines yeah. and sometimes video games um but yeah, I think that people will always strive for an escape, a temporary mm. escape from some of the things that they're sure. facing. Um, I, to, to play off of what you mentioned a second ago, I, yeah. I was actually uh, raised in Japan okay. of uh, many places that I lived. My parents were military and we yeah. lived on an on a Air Force base over there. And even on, on the military base itself had a comic book shop. Oh, and really? That's, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and that's how I got a lot of my, uh, my early childhood comic books okay. was from that shop. Yeah, I I lived in strange places as well for an American, and I had kind of the opposite, where we would go places where there really wasn't that, or um, the people we were, we were around oftentimes weren't even weren't Americans, and they didn't they just didn't have you know this sort of pop culture stuff. Like I didn't watch. Um, I grew up in the seventies, and I didn't watch like the Brady Bunch and you know all those things that came out in the in the seventies. I sort of caught up a little tiny bit of uh, of that in reruns. But when people have all these pop culture references that they're putting out there, I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. You'll have to explain that to me. Anyway, um, speaking of the Comic Con thing, uh, I did interview somebody who did bring a, a comic book convention up to Fairbanks it was like the first one that had ever been there when I had a radio show there uh, at the University of Alaska and they were mentioning that some of it was like it was very open to various kinds of gender expressions and sort of um, you know like cross-dressing uh, for people who are not right. trans people, for instance, but yeah. they still would cross-dress. Whenever I do a, a panel at a, at a yeah. Comic-Con, I talk about different aspects of cosplay and something yeah. called cross-play, yeah. which is portraying a, uh, a character of another gender for no other superficial reason than to portray a character you enjoy, but also yeah. perhaps internally exploring that gender identity as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, do you find uh, that there are some people there who are also trans? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Do you, like, recognize each other? Do you have any special events? I don't know. I've never been. We have, we have special uh, <clears throat> telepathic yeah. communications. I see you. Um, well, there... we used to call it gaydar, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm surrounded by talented cosplayers regardless yeah. of their identity. And that's sure. kind of how, that's my camaraderie, as you will, my community. Sure. and. Um, Sure. And, you know, um, 
pro- so be careful about yeah that. pronouns are are um, are usually honored in the community yeah. very okay. well so yeah right. it's it's a very welcoming sort of yeah. place that yeah that, I, that i've um encountered yeah. So, yeah the guys i talked to seem like kind of like bro kind of guys but then when they started talking they were so open about gender stuff and i was like wow this is cool you know i wouldn't have expected that um let's see so you're you're doing that this weekend uh yeah you just seem really busy what other kinds of things are you doing you, i i saw online that you're also a model do you do other kinds of modeling besides this cosplay? Um, so yeah, I uh, when I was early in my transition yeah. as almost kind of a way to keep track of my own progress, yeah. I, I used to do a lot of modeling. Okay. Um, just, you know, to kind of see my best angles and how I, um, how I present myself and how, um, how I am seen. Okay. From a different perspective, and you as well. With, like professional, yeah, photographers. professional photographers yeah. that were doing free photo shoots or whatever, you okay. know, um, and um, of different themes. Were and they like building up their portfolios? Yeah, it yeah. was kind of a yeah. That's usually what uh, TFP means is a trade for mm. photos. Okay. And uh, so it's mutually beneficial to each portfolio yeah. that we just kind of get together and we make art and then we just agree to use it on our portfolios. Yeah. Yeah. Moving forward, so yeah. it's yeah, it's usually just kind of a fun hobby for both. Very few modeling gigs actually paid for, you know, paid yes. me money. So, um, yeah, I used so to be it was more of a hobby. Part of an art community where some people, they were artists, but then they were also models for other artists. So it was kind of this exchange. Because yeah. if you're doing figurative art, it's really important to actually see a 3D figure, a mm-hmm. person, yep. you know, while you're doing it. Um, yeah, cool. Um, so, and then, and actually, yeah. f- from there, um, I segued into uh, a local burlesque group as oh, well. So I oh, did really? kind of that from that's unusual artistic expression, kind of maintaining that artistic expression and uh, kind of preparation and outfit mm. wearing. Um, that's really unusual. I I've seen a lot of burlesque. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I feel like that's kind of unusual to have somebody who is. Um, a male to female transgender person uh, in burlesque. Uh, definitely, I've I've known I've known a lot in the drag drag world. Oh yeah. Uh, but I've never seen any in the burlesque world, and I've I've definitely seen a lot of burlesque um, shows because the West Coast is for a while it was just everywhere you went in all the gay bars there were there were burlesque shows, even up in Alaska. Uh, which actually has a long history of it because of the gold mining up there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so there were there's been a long history of it there. Um, probably San Francisco as well. I would, uh, yeah, I would imagine. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, but I've how, how did you get into that? Because usually it's um, uh, cisgendered women, and yeah. Uh, I just uh, wanted to kind of do more stage okay. things. More, just more. Yeah, as more. a natural exhibitionist, I just kind of yeah. want to be seen. Okay. And uh, and that was another means of doing that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I got involved, and it was mostly kind of dancing and cute little outfits and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I wasn't like a featured performer, but I was I was part of the troupe. Okay. And um and I did that for a few years, and and um, uh, until uh, unfortunately a cancer diagnosis removed oh. me from just about all of my activities. I'm sure. It's wide swept. Um across the board yeah, yeah. So as i uh, prepared myself for um the diagnosis of stage two cancer oh yeah 
Are you are you through with that? Yes. You, okay. Uh, yeah. So generally, um, it's a five year sort of benchmark for possible relapse after yes. after chemotherapy, yeah. and that was about eight years ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just a few days ago, uh, Olivia Newton John died. Yeah. yeah, and she'd been dealing with with that for a very long time right. and being in remission and unfortunately it came back. Yeah, yeah it can re reappear, yeah. relapse, yeah. metastasize into a different type. Right. Um, right. Yeah, there's a lot of different things. So I'm yeah. constantly now, now that it's happened once, I've done 12 rounds of chemotherapy mm. at Dana-Farber in Boston. My goodness. Um, and uh, emerged the other end somewhat healthy, I guess. Yeah. And uh, so I'm constantly um, um, looking out for uh, other lumps and other kind of key yeah. aspects um, of others. And you, uh, you others. must be good about going in to uh, be checked, I would imagine. Um, I, I do so yeah. uh, with the frequency that my doctors um, yeah. suggest. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, the first time I, I found a lump, I was kidding about it because it didn't hurt. I was sure. joking. I was like, look at this lump. Maybe I need another sick day sure. off from work. Sure. It doesn't because it, it didn't hurt, but yeah. it was asymmetrical. It was only on one side of my my neck. Okay. You know, yeah. um, and uh, so you know, I went from joking about it and talking to my primary care, who was usually also a very jovial man, um, and he was very serious that day. And he says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna refer you to a specialist." Mm, yeah. Because it's not looking great. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, I got actually asked. Um, so. Boston, if you don't know, I mean, it's kind of the regional hub out there, out here, because it's just such a large city. And then, of course, there's New York or whatever and Philly. But really, closer to here, it's uh, Boston. And they have tremendous hospitals. And they're, you know... They have a whole medical district oh, of my hospitals. Yeah. yeah just, MGH, Dana-Farber, yeah, yeah, all of them and, through there. And very welcoming of trans people. Absolutely, and 100%. There's a, there's a lot of competence there, um, which is great. Um I recently had to go there to to get some medical care as well. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, let's. I, I want to talk a little bit more about your being a trans person. Sure. Uh, can you uh, describe like when that started and your process around that? And I'm an only child to two conservative Republican former military um, yeah. parents mm -hmm. um, who are not supportive in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, as soon as their child began cross-dressing, I was, I was punished severely mm. at an early age. Um, and, uh, but I always knew that I was, I, I was, I always knew that the entity that was me preferred to, uh, um, present in a feminine fashion. Yeah. And I didn't even know gender at the time. Yeah. Whoop. Yeah, I think that was a hornet. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah, um, we're right by a garden, so there's probably some insects out there. Um, so I, I, that's the only thing I knew at an early age is that I wanted to be, I wanted to possess feminine beauty in mm. its in its purest form. Sure. Um, and that's that's kind of where I wanted to take my life, okay. even at an early age of three. I have pictures of me at age three, preferring to wear dresses and skirts, and my parents allowed me to have that phase as they mm, called it mm. um but but then my feminine garments disappeared shortly after and i was like where's my where's my dress yeah. like i liked that dress yeah. i was wearing that dress yeah. where did it go yeah and um spent my the rest of my life trying to find that dress I'm just oh. um but um so yeah we were uh, stationed in texas um in in the early part of my life and then we were um uh stationed in japan mm. that i mentioned 
And, um, and then at that point, my dad, who had been in the military for 20 some odd years, retired okay. and brought me to, uh, to New England. And, uh, and then my mom finished up her time in the military. She was about a year and a half or two years behind him. And then, so she, so they're both fully retired from mm. the armed forces. And, uh, that must have been tough for like one parent to stay in and the other parent to leave. Well, I just went with the, I just went with my dad to yeah. settle yeah. up here in New England mm -hmm. uh, while my mom finished up. Why I mean, did they want to come here to New England? Um, an offshoot uh, a tangent real quick. My mom was actually in Desert Storm okay. for a couple of years sure. uh, in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And um, and so we, my dad and I, mom went to war, dad stayed at home with the kid, um, were kind of like living, you know, by ourselves. So it was kind of a common thing. It's oh, okay. something we've done in the past. Okay. Um, why did my dad like the New England area? Um, when he started in the Air Force, he was stationed at Loring Air Force Base, which okay. in the, at the time was a functioning Air Force Base in uh, northern Maine. Okay. And he liked uh, the offerings of the um, Baxter State Park, Mount Katahdin area. Yeah. And so he wanted to, in his retirement, live close to that. Yeah, Maine uh, is really beautiful. It's a lot like Alaska, actually. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. It's very boring for a child I of that it. age. Love it. <laughs> I... I if you're following this story, I moved from Tokyo, Japan to yes. upstate Maine. I understand. And I did I not have a good time. I'll, I'll tell you about me. I, I was, so I, I was a, a bit of a flat, a fashion plate, a little tiny, just ever so slightly, uh, when I was a teenager, because we went to London and this was during a punk rock era, right? So I got all these like new wave and punk rock clothes and stuff. And they were really cool. I mean, all these like geometric, crazy, like, fold them, you know, zip them up things. And I mean, it sounds kind of dorky now, but then it was just like, whoa, you know? And then I moved, um, then we moved to Africa, uh, to Central Africa, to Zambia. And then we moved to Texas. And the people in Texas were just like, whoa, you're, you look funny and you talk funny, you know? And I was like looking right back at them. Well, you kind of talk funny too. Where in, te where in Texas? Yeah, uh, Houston. Uh, I call it the armpit of Texas. Okay. Anyway, yep. um, yeah, just because everything blows up and it's so hot there. I was uh, Fort Worth, Dallas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Carswell yeah. Air Force Base. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of a, a rivalry between the two cities, but, you know, they're pretty similar. Very aggressive drivers. I know that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, very hot, too. I would mostly just come out at night. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, so I understand moving from like a more, you know, wilder place and you're kind of worldly and then you move to a smaller place. It's like, whoa, yeah, it's kind of a shock. Yeah, so I uh, mostly kept to myself and just like hung mm. out in the woods. Um, the okay. people in northern Maine aren't open to outsiders yes. very, very well. Yes. So I found myself not only... Um, I noticed unsupported that, by my parents, but also unsupported by the community. And I just went in the woods. I, I noticed that some of the roads just kind of end suddenly. <laughs> like you're on a road and it has even has a number. They're like building a, a road and they're like, how far do we want this to go? Oh, let's just end this. Yeah, let's just it's not going it well. Let's yeah. just stop. So weird. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that happens in Alaska, but I didn't expect that in the lower 48. You know, you think things would connect up. Well, I mean, Maine, Maine's a different, a different animal. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So I, uh, I went to, I finished high school and went yeah. to college. Okay. At the uh, University of Maine Orono and obtained okay. my electrical engineering degree. Okay. Yeah. With a minor in advanced robotics and a concentration in, in, okay. in mathematics. Fancy. Um, and uh, and then from there I came to Portsmouth, New Hampshire for for my first career. Okay. Or first job, which turned into a career. Was yeah. that like a 
civilian contractor with the military? Yes. Or, um, okay. So I've spent my entire life with the with the military and yes. the DOD, but I've never actually enlisted myself. Yes. I, I have I, an I, uncle like that. Yeah. He worked for Lockheed Martin, and so he was a he was like a con they did lots of contracts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I've interfaced with Lockheed Martin, Norfolk Grumman. Okay, we were just talking about your um, kind of your first jobs yeah. as an engineer and that sort of thing. And, yeah, um, and that was in the Portsmouth area where we live. Where, right, I remember. Where we are right now. I remember now. what I was saying. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I uh, I started at the Portsmouth Naval Shipyard here between like Southern Maine and and, uh, and Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Yeah, it's on a little island in the middle of the of the river, coming off the ocean. Um, and I used to I used to kid with the sailors on the on the mm. naval submarines um, by saying I had more experience with the military before age ten than they currently have right now. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, I always find that's interesting to meet people who grew up that way because yeah they're very much they know it's a everything. very structured and disciplined sort of life. Yeah, people always think that I grew up that way just because I've moved so much, and I'm like no and. People could probably tell that from my personality too. I'm not. I'm not like that at all. So, my parents are teachers. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Too. We just moved yep. around a lot. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so uh, how long were you an engineer doing that sort of thing? Are you still an engineer? Um. Still so I started that in '05. Yeah. Um, this is where the timeline crosses with my cancer diagnosis. Oh, okay. So, um, I worked there um, until. I was diagnosed with cancer in 2013, so that was uh, n uh, eight years into my yeah, yeah like into my tenure, mm -hmm. um, and uh, so obviously I was kind of taking a break at that time and going through chemotherapy, um, and then when I emerged out the other side, I applied for a disability retirement. Oh, so okay. with the with the DoD, there's a policy if you've worked for the DOD for more than five years and you encounter a um, a health condition that impacts your work yeah you can apply for a disability retirement oh, great so um, uh, as unfortunate as all those conditions were yeah I, I went ahead and um, yeah, applied sure. for it so sure. um, it was actually denied in a couple times in the following years mm. um, but and it takes a, like a full year to year and a half to a, to to appeal. It's yeah. a it's a bit of a process. Yeah. So um, it so, sounds like uh, what I've heard of people trying to get on SSDI. Yeah, I'm sure a lot yeah. of them are kind. A mm -hmm. lot of the same situations it are kind of similar. It takes a couple years. You need a government lawyer. hurry up and wait. Yeah, you need a lawyer and oh it, yeah, it helps having a lawyer. Yeah. Um, but actually, the pandemic kind of worked out in my favor. Okay. So we started. I. I used to get in trouble for having my cell phone with has a, a camera enabled cell phone sure. near the government computers okay. in the because I, I social media that's okay, what I do and right. but it's funny I used to get in trouble for that but suddenly when the pandemic hit they're sending all of our desktop computers home with us like right. DoD top secret clearance oh. access assets oh my goodness home. Yeah. And I'm like, I have my iPad, my personal laptop, and my cell phone next to this machine, and I'm not getting in trouble. And I'm like, this is really stupid. This whole thing is stupid. Um, but that's that's a different tangent. That's so wild. so I was teleworking my electrical engineering job uh, from. At the time, I was living. I, I moved out of my townhouse here in Portsmouth into a small camper. Mm. Um, and, and which why which, did you which, do that? No rent, no bills. Okay. Uh, and which that's, did that's a common thing right now. It is that's very kind common. Of a thing. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Um, 
and I think you're going to see more people doing it as uh, cost of living and uh, housing prices yeah. increase. Just as a tangent off that, have you found any, because there are quite a few people who are doing this, have you found any backlash in, um, you know, urban settings around that sort of thing? What do you mean by backlash? Um, like uh, parking restrictions or, um, you know, no, no overnight parking, uh, no RVs, no, you know, I haven't like seen that. any signs that say no RVs, but I have okay. seen an increase in signs that say no overnight parking, or yeah. I've also seen an increase in local ordinances that say no sleeping in cars. Yes. Um, mm. I have a setup that's kind of stealthy. So okay. I, I mean, you can't really tell I'm in it. Yes. Um, and that's why I picked this particular setup. Um, so I can kind of stealth camp if yeah. need be. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I do try to pay attention to, and my rig is small enough that I can back it into a normal parking spot. You probably saw it right out front here. But yeah, so the, the camper itself doesn't have the infrastructure infrastructure yeah. of a secure land connection and things like that yes. that you would need for a dedicated DoD asset like a desktop right. computer. So I had to, I had to find um, a friend with a house big enough that I could have a private space to set that up. So yeah. in 2020... I kind of moved out of my camper and then back into a uh, house sort of situation. Okay. Instead of living on my own like I was here in Portsmouth, I was just staying in a guest room of a friend and teleworking. Yeah, even just doing this uh, small project of mine, I find it difficult to find Wi-Fi and uh, a decent strength to just do the basics of... You don't carry a Wi-Fi hotspot? Yeah. I have a Wi-Fi hotspot no, in my I, camper. But... I do as well, but... Um, you know, that's, it's only a limited uh, number of gigabytes. When you're uploading videos and all this stuff, it takes, it takes a really long time. Uh, so it's interesting. We, we had this uh, COVID era and it, it's almost like it's exposed a lot of weaknesses in, in our um, It's definitely changed, it changed our infrastructure yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Um, ever since I moved in my camper, I've maintained a Wi-Fi hotspot. So I, okay. I yeah, yeah, because I'm a big TV junkie, so I, oh, okay. I would, would not be comfortable making that jump if I didn't have 24-hour gym services and the ability oh, to watch TV all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I go to Planet Fitness. Same. Yeah, Yeah. I find, I don't know what the women's side is, but the men's side is always really icky. <laughs> like it's. Well, I, I, I've I, had the pleasure of using both, and I yeah. can say that I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the... The men's side of Planet Fitness is um, is usually pretty gross, uh, but there's nothing that can be done about it. But yeah, it's really cheap and it's everywhere, and which is great. Yeah, yeah, you could just yeah, that's what I do when I'm traveling is yeah. just look for a Planet Fitness to shower and yeah. Also, I also go to Panera a lot because and McDonald's because they have they tend to have pretty good Wi-Fi. Library has amazing Wi-Fi. Yeah, um, sometimes sometimes I go to libraries, but it's difficult uh, with my dog. A lot of right, yeah. Municipal areas yeah. sometimes are very restrictive, especially around libraries. Um, I'm not sure why that is, but I found that in New England a lot. Um, yeah. So what else should we talk about? What would you like um, to talk about? We were. I feel like we were in the middle of something. Um, were we talking we... about your work life? Yeah. Okay. So I my retirement yeah. was approved in 2020. Oh, so 2020 right. was actually the best year of my life. Yeah. I um, um, I. Began the year, I was planning several of my uh, transgender surgeries for 2020. I okay. picked up in health insurance at the end of 2019 um, that would cover it. And I had my 
I did that. I jumped con- right on it like early 2020 in, in January. Did I, that I, continue through the COVID? I'll era? get to that. Really? Um, okay. So uh, I jumped on all my consults in, in January. Yeah. Uh, we sent it into insurances, several. Um, mm-hmm. um, and then by the end of February, everything had been pre approved for, the, for yeah. the procedures. Mm-hmm. And um, we started, we planned surgery starting mid March. Okay. I think you can see where this is going. Sure. So, um, in March of 2020, COVID happened, right. and all of, all elective surgeries and elective surgery is um, anything that you can plan yourself. Sure. Non-emergency sure. elective procedures were suspended indefinitely, mm, yes. with no rescheduling allowed on the yeah. calendar. Especially out here in very densely populated areas, I bet everything just immediately shut down. Yeah, so I was yeah. planning for Boston yeah. to have my procedures yeah. done in Boston. Um, so as a result of that, I uh, went into a very deep depression. Mm. I cried for weeks. Um, yeah. But I couldn't concentrate on very long because at that point, um, I was being tossed out. We were all being tossed out of the house we were staying in. So I was forced into back into the camper early 2020. Mm. And then work was like, we're sending you home with your desktop computers. Now you got to find a place to go. Yeah. And so it was one catastrophe after another. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I couldn't deal with it. So, so eventually, found a place to set up my desktop computer. Um, and then I, uh, I'm glad we kind of talked about the region a little bit. Yeah. Because I, I was planning to try to reschedule my Boston surgeries. Okay. But I, what I ended up doing is actually, um, because there's fewer people in Maine, scheduling my surgeries for Portland okay and ended up driving up there for for to start the whole process all over again yeah my dog needed a little walk there um and I forgot what I was talking about but uh during the early part of uh 2020 uh I was teaching classes and it was kind of the same thing they were like okay if you can't come in the building we don't have Wi-Fi in our parking lots. You got to figure it out. So I wow. would go to like retail businesses to teach classes and monitor like the students and stuff. Were and you just in your car at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And someone yeah. needs a someone needs an RV. Yeah. Well, no, I lived in a cabin, and so oh. I had to drive. Oh, and okay. I, there Off was the no, grid. Yeah. Was, yeah. There was no internet. There was no nothing. So I had to go into town and go to a retail business, and it it was just ridiculous and. You're saying that you had to bring home like, yeah, I had a I, official government computer, yeah, a, a full government DoD um, desktop setup. That's wild. Um, That's wild. Which obviously would not fit in my very small camper. Um, That's wild. So I had to figure out a place. They had all kinds of requirements, like dedicated, secure land yeah. connection, a lockable space right. in which to keep it. Right. Um, and there were some none people, of the things that I could provide. There were some people online I noticed who were making deals with people who have houses, just to park their vehicle on their property somehow. interesting i hadn't you know, encountered any of those yeah so. like like in their driveway so yeah. basically people would work or they would sort sort of live right. in somebody else's driveway just as long as they had um reliable internet access because a lot of people who had you know like a tech job or right. a professional job you know we're doing it remotely they were right. luckily yeah. luckily they could do it remotely because a lot of people just lost their jobs yeah the requirement yeah. of having a desktop computer is that it doesn't get wi-fi right so right. i needed a ethernet cable a yeah. dedicated ethernet cable yeah. to 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 right. connect to it so yeah. um so the best thing was just setting up in one of my friends um yeah 
um, guest rooms mm -hmm. and uh, running a, a dedicated router line yeah. to the to the desktop computer. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. what I did. That's what I ended up doing. Um, and then later in 2020, um, the hospital in Portland finally got back to me. You know, they were easing restrictions, and mm. I was able to reschedule the procedures that I had previously been locked out of. Yeah. Um, so that eventually turned around in June. And so I, I'm, I'm guessing that Maine had different, the state of Maine was doing different things than the state of Massachusetts. They're doing the same thing. They just, there's okay. just fewer people. Okay. Maine has very few people. Okay. High taxes, few people. Okay. Um, and so it was much, it, it was a lot easier to restart the process two states away yeah. than to wait for Massachusetts to reschedule. Right. Because right. that was that just wasn't happening. Right. I still have not gotten a call back from my oh. my, my former uh, surgeon. Like, oh wow. It just totally wasn't on his radar anymore. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you from somebody who is trying to access care down here now, the waiting lists are tremendous. Yeah. Like months and months and maybe like six to eight months. You know. Yeah. Not even for anything fancy like getting surgery, just like consult. You know or. Hmm getting on hormones or, you know, I, I haven't had that experience. I've had a lot of, yeah. uh, doctors, okay. um, appointments, uh, in recent months and I, I they usually get me in pretty quick. Hmm. That's strange. Great. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah, I've, I've just been calling different places and it's just been really difficult. I mean, I, I eventually did find a place, but yeah. Uh, the big hospitals in Boston that have trans clinics. Yeah. They're, um, I think, the soonest I could get in was December. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. I can see that. Yeah. But maybe um, if you're that's already... very specialized sort of treatment. Yeah. And all and if you're already in the system, it makes sense that you would get a, a sooner uh, one. Yeah. I mean, I was just talking from a general yeah. medication perspective. Okay. Just a primary care got mm -hmm. me in within two weeks. Okay. Um, okay. A consult with a, a face surgeon in Boston. Uh, I got in mm. uh, pretty easily. Okay. Um, yeah, just uh, just general stuff like that. Mm. But well, yeah, great. In in August of 2020, I was the first transgender contestant of Miss New England Petite. Oh. so it's for uh, for the shorter girls, for awesome. shorter girls. Awesome. And uh, How they tall were are you? they were very. I am five four okay. on a good day. So you're a little taller than me. Yeah, a little yeah. bit, perhaps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Everybody's taller than me, so I don't even notice. Anyway. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they were pretty welcoming about having a transgender sure. woman on their stage. Oh, wonderful! And wonderful. Uh, it was it was nice to be back, you know, with the with the other women in the changing room, just yeah. putting on my gown or yeah. um, or my swimsuit or something like that, and yeah. just kind of being welcoming, welcomed. In That's fact, great. I was so welcomed that they gave me um, Miss Congeniality, oh, which is wonderful. the award given by everyone yes. to one of the one of their own right um for being just so all the contestants vote on that yeah so oh, miss congeniality every, every contestant gets a vote as to who they like okay in their ranks yeah and um what's and, that like being in a beauty contest is it like that movie you know like it's a little bit like miss congeniality yeah, the sandra bullock movie yeah. um yeah it's i uh, think that's a very cute it's, movie i it's, love it Everyone like everyone's nice. Yeah. Some people are fakely nice. Some people are genuinely nice, okay. and everyone's just trying to do the same thing and compete for the same sort of sure. titles. Sure. Um, I knew it, I, I was. I didn't like go in expecting to win. So. Is it very competitive? Or? It's pretty competitive. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. I, I certainly, you get various. Like I didn't. I, I went in with a dedicated mindset, but I didn't go in expecting to place anywhere. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be part of the process. Sure. That's all I want. Yeah. 
and um, and just to have like that life experience yeah. that a lot of women have at one point in their life. Sure. Um, and uh, so yeah, I just I, I I I gave myself the entire sort of experience of going to the gym every single day leading up to for mm. months, you know, or, or um, yeah, for a long time leading up to the event itself, uh, picking out some really wonderful things and getting it specially uh, suited for myself. Mm-hmm and um like tailored yeah tailored mm-hmm. and and hemmed and stuff yeah. like that just you know just general things that you would go through as as a woman going into a beauty pageant mm-hmm. and um and how do you work make out, up and spray tan and stuff like that how do you work out for something like that because i mean i i'm sorry if this is a a bit of a controversial topic but i find that you know in my conversations with some trans women like working out is is a little bit difficult because they don't want to bulk up and they often want to de-emphasize muscle, musculature. Yeah. So how do you work out, I guess, as a, um, as a trans woman? You can, uh, there's a lot of great um, machines at the at the gym that target certain mm, muscle groups. Target, okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you yeah. don't want to build up your biceps, if that builds up faster in yeah. um, assigned male at birth individuals, mm-hmm. then you can avoid that and do something else that okay. would concentrate on your abs or concentrate on your okay. calves or something like that. So more of a, like a refining. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah don't, don't increase the weight, but increase mm-hmm. the number of reps. You okay. know what I'm saying? So you're toning mm-hmm. and not building. Okay. Um, yeah. but also one of my good friends, um, April, um, Spears, she's mm. trans. Mm-hmm. She was a male bodybuilder and mm-hmm. now she is a, uh, a very beautiful female. Yeah. And uh, you can find her on YouTube. She talks about um, carving your body into a feminine sort of mm. um, um, shape as well. Yeah. So that's something, you know, people can look into if they're really interested in, in sort of that thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did my best and um, I was given Miss Congeniality and third runner up in my beauty pageant uh, awesome. division. Awesome. So I'm right in the middle. I was like third of five. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. So that's, uh, that's kind of fun. I don't. Sorry, let's stop for a second. <laughs> so that, that's really awesome. I, I I do have a kind of a dorky question for you, though. Sure. What was your speech about? Did they have a little speech thing? Um, They did a... So uh, the top three in every category answered a question on okay. stage. So I, I basically drew a question out of the bowl and um, and answered it. So that in a way, that's harder. What, what because was it? So the question that I received was, what piece of advice would you give? Okay to someone Mm. and um my response was that don't don't be afraid to try new things Mm. because i i I, this is a new thing for me on stage Mm -hmm. and i I would not be here if i didn't kind of want this you know to to be up here um and don't um it's okay if it's not perfect Mm -hmm. and i think that was my advice it's a it's okay i can't remember what he said exactly but it's okay to not be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. That's yeah. what I said. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Um, whenever you're attempting something new, don't get frustrated. Don't let it stop you from trying new things. Whatever you do, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Well, so, that sounds like a really, you know, kind of on- authentic answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you... As you an know. engineer, I'm a perfectionist. So I yeah. have to constantly tell myself when I'm trying new things and I get frustrated, especially with cosplay yeah. and I'm developing a new technique or trying something new and it it looks like crap. And and I'm just like, deep breath, doesn't have to be perfect. Right, right. Yeah, I, I actually had to give get over some perfectionism too. Um, 
there's some things that have to do with my family about that, but also I am from a, a science background, not, not quite engineering, although I did take some engineering uh, courses. And um, I always felt like I needed to be within parameters and, you know, color within the lines kind of thing, you know. I mean, always trying to be that A student or whatever. But if I was never really challenging myself, you know, I, you know, if I'm not getting a B, that's not good. You know, I, I feel like if I was getting a B that I was challenging myself more than I, than if I was just taking a class getting an A. But um, I'm glad that I worked through that because on the other side of that, I actually found out that I was an artist. Um, and when I'm making something, usually 80 to 90% of the time, it looks terrible. It's only like that last little push where I'm really trying to get something to look the way that I want it to look so that it doesn't quite like offend me or something. Like I'm looking at something, I'm like, something about that is wrong. Okay, let me change it. And then, then I have it then I've got it. Right. And that's not perfectionism. That's just really exploring it, you know, because if I was a perfectionist, I wouldn't even dip my hands into that, right. you know, into this, into that mud that I'm working with. It doesn't know? have to be perfect, Shane. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a little worried. I'm trying to move on to like wood, but wood is its whole, a yeah. whole leather is totally thing. different than wood yeah. and wood is totally different than yeah. foam and or, foam is totally different than sewing yeah. or metal. Yeah. Metal, metal working. Even yeah. worse. I mean, you have to make that cut and you have to be really, uh, you have to com be committed to it. Luckily with, with clay though, you can keep taking things That's off. That's also true. Yeah, there's some that are more forgiving than yeah, others. Yeah, I love that. Um, do you have any art practice besides the cosplay, of course? Uh, that, well, cosplay. That, that seems um, like an art form in itself. It is very much an art yeah. form. Um, very much like drag is also an art form. Right, yeah. Um, what I like about cosplay is that you're constantly being pushed to learn new techniques and different mediums okay so uh i've worked with resin i've worked with eva oh. foam i've worked with tooling eva foam tooling leather okay sewing um do you ever work with like latex like making i haven't yet but and... I, a lot of my friends do i have okay. not explored that there's mm. so many different facets of cosplay that i have not gotten into yeah thermoplastics i have plenty of them i still haven't gotten really into it yet okay um uh, i've done some clay work i've done a lot of sewing um, but yeah, each one of these is multifaceted, yeah. you know, and very deep as, as to how far you want to go with them yeah. um, as well. So I, I, that's what I like about cosplay is it's constantly pushing you to learn something new and develop a new skill. Yeah. 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 I always like looking at the photographs of a, something like that afterwards, you know, like I, like online, I, I follow some Star Trek, whatever's, you know, some groups or whatever. Aha, uh -huh, you do know about this stuff. Just barely. I'm I'm like the most ignorant person probably who's ever know who even knows what this stuff is. But, you know, I mean Star Trek is kind of old school, you know, from the 60s. But um, you know, people will ah! Gale Force wins. Yeah. Ah! Um, people will uh post uh, photographs of them going to conventions and, you know, getting, getting uh, autographed pictures from Shatner or whatever like that. And, you know, dressing up as various characters from Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever kind of universe. And um, yeah, I'm always amazed at like the, the gamut, like some of them are pretty primitive and you know, they're just, everybody's having fun though, which is great. Yep. You know, some of them are more like you where it's probably a, a, a bit fancier. Yeah. You know, an engineer, I, I would expect that you would come up with something pretty I'm fancy. I'm constantly rising, trying to rise to that occasion. Yeah. I have an engineering degree. What am I doing with this? That's right. That's right. It looks like crap. I can't be seen in this. Um, <laughs> but um, 
But yeah, so uh, so cosplay is fantastic. Yeah. I started developing that as a as a hobby after my chemotherapy, okay, and I had yeah. some nice wigs to work with mm. and things like that. So I started getting more into it at that point. And then in uh, 2020, obviously Comic Con shut down, and I was just doing like um, crafting. <laughs> yeah, this is like the Star Trek part, or the what is that? The Twister movie where they're like, yeah, yeah. they tie themselves to some well. And you or see something. the cow floating through, yeah, in the house, yeah. Dorothy, Dorothy. Nice. Total. <laughs> Very good. Anyway, um. <laughs> So, so yeah, so in 2020, I was, uh, instead of going to Comic-Cons and signing autographs yes. for fans and stuff like that and making money that way, I was actually making um, EVA foam masks. Oh. So I had all the all the uh, materials I had, including um, some HEPA filters that I found at mm. Walmart, and I was comprising these amazing ornate oh, wow. Comic-Con masks, okay. like Mortal Kombat characters, Bane sure. from Batman, um shredder from the ninja turtles pretty much anything that people could suggest to me i sure. was making i had a 40 person wait awesome. list yeah. you know and these were these were very expensive masks yes. and i was i was doing a lot of them yeah if you're and it was a fancy. lot of fun i, I created a, a a brief small company that year called covid creations okay where i where i, where I was selling yeah. you know covid masks yeah protective gear yeah, um, and if it's fancy, people... and we we wear glasses, so you know the fogging. Sure. So yeah, I, yeah. I designed them so that they would not fog up. Okay. Yeah. And they have all they have uh, straps that go all the way around the head. So I solved every problem mm. that conventional cloth max had. Yeah. As an engineer, and then just like threw all my skills as a cosplayer at it. Right. Yeah. I bet people were excited about that because it was a lot of fun. Like those yeah. little blue ones and stuff. Like those are so ugly. Yeah. And they get dirty and gross. You know. The really first cool. one I made is just like. Um, kind of a, a crazy uh, opening shape in the center and um, had rivets going down the side oh. and I sprayed it like sterling silver and and, and uh, um, tarnished it up with some black paint and it was just epic looking. It, okay. it really looked like a villain. Do you, do you and I go went grocery shopping in that all the time. Do you have like a gallery of those online? Yes. So okay. if you go to uh, COVID Creations on both Facebook and Instagram, you can see a collection of the different sort of masks that I made. Yeah. Well, um, I, I hope that well. at some point you get to show those, like at a gallery or something. Oh, you know, yeah, a lot of them are sold. Like, uh, yeah, they were just well, ones I made. But, but even the photographs, like, right. like as kind of a retrospective of what was going on in these last that, couple that's years. That's an interesting, yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, sure. I mean, I can always remake a lot of them and, yeah. and do my own photo shoots in yeah. them, and which I do frequently. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of them have LEDs or glow-in-the-dark paint. And, yeah, I was doing everything. Okay. Quick disconnects around the around the neck. Sure, like um, just rip them off so you're ready. Yeah, so yeah, so <laughs> you just hit the quick disconnect and it falls off your face. Okay. Yeah, instead of getting trapped in it or sure, something. Sure, sure. Like a magazine. Um, Press the button. Boom. Yeah, yeah, pretty much.